Dave. Yeah. I got this message from a listener, Mike. Okay. Uh, here, it's, this is what it says. I have a theory. Dave is slowly building evidence for Rick to be voted Femme of the Year, <laughs> which is a, a famously an award that Dave won. Uh, yeah, this is actually the 45th anniversary, I believe, of it. <laughs> From the plague in the playgrounds of Chicago in 1976. The rough and tumble <laughs> inner city. Yeah. Dave was uh, not what we call the manliest of no. uh, teens no. and no. was declared. So I had some allergies. <laughs> oh, so all of it, I'm the asshole for having allergies. <laughs> he was declared Femme of the year well anyway according to mike here based on the number of sound of music stories alone oh wait yeah so based on the number of sound of music stories alone dave has a strong case sorry rick and sorry dave for blowing your cover you know rick if if we had gone to grammar school together and and there was the election for femme of the year and uh-huh. it was me and you yeah yeah that election would definitely have been uh, decided in the Supreme Court. It would have made Bush versus Gore, you know, nothing. It, well, the hanging chads, there'd be like, you know, there'd be lawsuits. I have an answer for those of you mocking my love of Sound of Music, and that is adieu, adieu to you and you and you. <laughs> I think, I think that I just won the Supreme Court. <laughs> Minutia Men is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. And make sure you wear a hat at the inauguration. You're going to catch cold. I'm Steve Baskerville. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm going to show you my doodle. Can you see my doodle from where you no. are? You know who else would? Walter Jacobson would doodle. And his doodle one day was close to my doodle. <laughs> he, uh, so you've seen his doodle? Sure. Uh, <laughs> he's seen your doodle. He's seen my doodle more than one day. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to you, an Opie show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Rick, do you remember... Oh, my gosh. He's got another present. Well, hold on. Do you remember the Dick Van Dyke show when, whenever Rob Petrie would come home... Yeah. ...and Richie was awake? Yeah. Uh, ...that he would always bring him something? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. hey, a paperclip. Right? Hey, my name is Richie. Right. So, I'm I'm going to be your Rob Petrie. Okay. Or you're my Richie. I got you another present here. I want you to... Oh, it's fantastic. A book, it's a book that I just finished reading. <laughs> Nuremberg's Voice of Doom, the autobiography of the cheap interpreter at history's greatest trials. I am in. Um, this is fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm not going to play spoiler. First of all, Garen killed himself. You just spoiled it. <laughs> right. Uh, but what is great about this book, and of course, the, the Nuremberg stuff is great. Yeah. Um, you know, his life is great. He's a really, really interesting. He's a good writer. These are his memoirs, actually. He didn't write it, but some an editor got his memoirs. Yeah. But the best part of this is he used his status as chief um, uh, interpreter at the Nuremberg trials to get laid. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, and he actually used the Nazis <laughs> to get chicks. So, <laughs> you know, and, and, and like Gehring was like in. He's like, wow. I, yeah, I might be a mass murderer, but I'm not going to yeah. stand in your way here. So, wow. so there's some great stories I would love to get. Um, Wolf Frank is well, the name. Well, of the he's author. dead. Okay. But I would love to get the guy who wrote the book. Okay. So well, hey, thank you. you. What'd you get me? Uh, I got you nothing. I got you. Uh, I got you an opportunity to co-host a podcast. And deliver minutia to the people. Well, I'm I'm game if you want to get going with this. By the way, this this increases both of our street cred. 
You know, how tough are those guys? They're reading Nazi books. <laughs> Correct. Do you understand how tough they are? I've read. If, if that was the quantifiable <laughs> metric of toughness, <laughs> I would. I would. I challenge Goldberg and The Rock to a. I'll take both of your asses on. Um, so do you want to. Uh, you got a jingle for me or you want me just to go on in? I don't. Well, why don't you just lay into it? Okay. I'm sure you heard about Jeff Bezos's little space adventure. Of course. A couple yes. of days ago. And for anybody who hasn't. Um, the, it, the spaceship that is exactly shaped like, like a, a penis. Like a white bald penis. It Does, even has balls on the bottom. <laughs> I, know, I know. Does that, if you describe Jeff Bezos, wouldn't. Yeah. It, good that point. pretty much what it good would be. Good point. Well, for anybody. Yeah. Who, I want it to look just like me. It <laughs> does, boss. It does. Uh, so basically with all the shit that we bought on Amazon over yeah. the years. And I'm saying collectively everybody. Right. He has amassed such a fortune. Right. He's. Is he the richest man in the world? I or, think he is. Or in top of, three. That he was able to buy his own penis rocket and right. go up into sure into into space for ten minutes. Right, <laughs> that's I know. all it was. And I don't know. I have yeah. any idea how much money it cost. Not that I was rooting for some catastrophic <laughs> vapor leak that you know during the ten minute voids. But I did add, I have to admit, I did add Bezos to my ghoul pool on Tuesday morning. Did you? Yeah. I, I signed him to a 24-hour contract. Okay. Uh, lucky for him, I didn't pay, I didn't get paid on it. Right, uh, right. You know, all good general managers got to look for talent, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, but um, I want to talk to you about this flight. Okay. There was okay. four people that were going to be, that, that were on this flight. Okay. Right. It was Bezos. Yeah. It was his brother, Mark. Right. An 82-year-old veteran pilot, Wally Funk, which I guess... That's a woman. She, she, oh, is yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And an 18-year-old kid named Oliver Damon. Right. Did, now, do you know why? I did hear there was an 18-year-old, but I didn't hear the story of how that kid got on there. Well, or, what, well, what happened was, is that seat opened up, the fourth seat opened up, when the original passenger, who, by the way, keep in mind, paid $30 million to get on this flight had a scheduling conflict for Which real is, yes he couldn't make the yeah i the got fl- a tea time at three forty-five. <laughs> well, can we make it uh you know thursday well, no i'm sorry has this guy ever heard of google outlook or <laughs> google calendar or outlook or whatever right i've but, got a haircut i can't be there right. so this 18 year old kid and i found a he posted on twitter and i actually sent you the audio okay why don't you play the audio of of uh oliver damon i think it's how you pronounce it okay um here goes here you go hi i'm oliver damon and i'll be joining jeff bezos mark bezos and wally fink on the first flight of new shepherd i am super excited to go to space and joining them on the flight i've been dreaming about this all my life now i'll become the youngest astronaut ever because i'm 18 years old I am super excited to experience zero G and city world from above. Thank you so much for the people of Blue Origin for making this happen and making you shepherds. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. Eighteen oh. year old. Yeah. He waited all his life. <laughs> yeah, that's so long. I, I've got socks that are that are twenty two years you know, old. I remember when I saw the White Sox in the yeah. World Series, uh-huh. and there was a kid next to me who was nine years old. And yeah. he said, I've been waiting such a long yeah, time. Yeah. Bite yeah. me. Right. But, uh, so, and that kid never saw his 10th birthday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I, the, this whole scheduling conflict thing could be code for, I ain't going in that damn thing. I would, <laughs> I mean, you know, I wouldn't have done it. Would you have done no, it? No, not at all. But I think what really happened, and I don't have confirmation on this, is that his wife told him, you know, months ago that, you know, my Aunt Ida's birthday 
95th birthday is on Tuesday, July, whatever, right? And he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then, honey, that's the damn going into space. <laughs> right, right. Oh, so you, you, so you love your thirty million dollars more than you love my aunt Ida? But honey, it's thirty million. Right. So he had to call Jeff. He's like, hey, I can't, I can't make it. Um, why? That's my wife's aunt Ida's 95th birthday, and 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 uh, you know, pussy. Oh, yeah, unbelievable. So. There. So so that kid is the beneficiary mm-hmm. of this. Uh, the kid's dad, who is some muckety muck and some of course some investment Netherlands investment, paid like I said, thirty million dollars. Wow! To to have. now does that mean that the father might not have liked the son? Right, much, exactly. You know? yeah. Hey yeah. Oliver, why don't you go? No, right. serious, it'll be fine. Yeah, why, Dad? Why aren't you sending your oldest son? Uh, you know, he's a little more important to us, <laughs> yeah. just in case something right. happens. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I've got a story for you. Uh, This is uh, a story that takes place in New Jersey, uh, United States of America. A video filmed aboard an amusement park ride on the Jersey Shore captured the moment a 13-year-old girl collided with a seagull. Her name is Kylie Holman. She's 13. She was riding in the spring shot with a friend, Georgia Reed, 14. What is the the spring? Is that the thing that, yeah, like the... The, the thing that goes down and then yeah. release you and you yep, 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 yeah, yep, okay. exactly. Um, when I got shot up, I, I saw it. I, it was going the opposite way, and then it came back and hit me right in the face. She told the local TV station, "It really felt light, and it only felt like the tiniest scratch." The video posted on YouTube by Reed's family shows a seagull stuck in place on her face. <laughs> She's going up this thing, <laughs> but she tossed it back in the air, no problem. So first of all, I got a couple things. First of all, this kid handled this better than I would oh, have yeah. as an adult. <laughs> I, I mean, I freak out when a cicada lands on me. This A seagull stuck in my face? Forget about it. Uh, but then secondly, uh, the other the other thing this, this article says, the girl said she tried to tell her friend what happened, but the other girl was too distracted to hear about her avian encounter. She told me to stop talking because she thought she was going to throw up. <laughs> she said... Now, this is something I can relate to. The vomiting. The, the vomiting. The, nausea, the misplaced. <laughs> the second gush. girl is my people. I was famous in my neighborhood for having motion sickness. So when you would drive into your neighborhood, was there like a sign about Prospect <laughs> Home of Rick Kepfer, the vomiter or whatever? I'm going to tell you a story to show you how much of a legendary vomiter I was, okay? About your, like, I'm just going to tell you, no one's going to top, no one can top me in this area. I'm envisioning like a court, you know, a jester just with his, with his, what's not sitar, what is the, 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 the little, the, 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 the ting, 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 what, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 The, the mandolin. Yes. <laughs> so my mom's next door neighbor passed away about 10 years ago. And this yeah. is the same one that lived there when I was mm-hmm. living there, you know, 30 years ago. And I hadn't uh, seen his family in years right because you just don't right um and but we went to the wake and i i saw his daughter there and his daughter was like three years older than me and you know we go over there and play games with her when we were kids mm-hmm. what uh, year was this what uh, the, what, the, what the, year the funeral about 10 years ago okay. okay um but so anyway hadn't seen her in 30 years walk in and you know it's it's a warm reunion like oh my god ricky kempfer is here oh i gotta introduce you to my daughter Mm -hmm. and she introduces me to her daughter and says "Uh, this is ricky kempfer and her daughter goes 
You mean the vomiting guy? (laughs) (laughs) And then her daughter tells me the story of how she has been told all her life that I was this legendary vomiter. (laughs) And that one time they went to Santa's village and uh, the the line at the Tilt-A-Whirl or something was backed up. Um, and and her mother jokingly said to her own mother, oh, I, I wonder if Ricky Kemper's here. And sure enough, when they brought the little boy with vomit all over him, it was me. <laughs> that is how legendary I wow. am as a vomiter. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I am I no, I mean, I'm no uh, uh slouch when it comes to this right you know i i, I have especially in college i would vomit regularly yeah well know. in college i mean come but, on that's different but, <laughs> but I, the thing that i remember is knowing that you're gonna have to yeah go, and then thinking that by putting your hand over your mouth it was gonna stop it <laughs> right. and it never did and it, and, it, and it was it, like it like squirt through <laughs> your fingers <laughs> and it would make it like a sprinkler you know? <laughs> it, it would it would spurt like 30 feet in the air <laughs> I know, it's like you're, you're you're extending it you're it's like a you know it's an adapter on a uh, sprinkler so well we are giving the people some quality entertainment <laughs> yeah. today do you do you have any reviews yes of the show? i do yeah. uh this comes from mike z uh, this is actually a review of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, but why can't I show that? Sure, why not? Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the interview with the Geico Caveman. You checked all my boxes in this interview to include barbecue, but I almost spit out my coffee when the topic turned to recircumcision. This was a great interview with many funny stories. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because if you haven't heard that interview, you should right. go back and listen to it because he... Uh, was circumcised as a as a youth. No, it, w- it wasn't it, as a youth. No, no, he was circumcised at birth. At birth. Okay, and then he converted to right. Judaism, and he had to do it again. And they said it wasn't good enough. You had to redo it again. He had to be recircumcised. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's just some moil going. You know, I could use. It. Yeah, this this shoddy workmanship yeah. here. Come on, you call this a circumcision? <laughs> I'm forty. I don't care. You got to do it. Yeah, so that's a, that is a, a great bit. All right, so we uh, have time for another feature here before we take a break, and we call this feature Studio Walls. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So this is the part of the show where we uh, dig deep into the uh, the Rick and Dave archives, and we pull out some stuff uh, and play it for you. Mm-hmm. Or we tell you stories about things that have happened in the past through the Rick and Dave archives. This week, Dave, in uh, history, uh, June, July 20th, uh, 19 years ago this week. Okay. The uh, very first episode of Jimmy Neutron aired. Oh, my kids love Jimmy. I actually love Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, that, that's a, it's a great little cartoon. Oh, okay. Well, one of the thrills that we have of doing this show, and especially the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, which you talked about uh, moments ago, is we get to interview these celebrities. And one of the celebrities we interviewed was Debbie Derryberry, who is the voice of Jimmy Neutron. And a bunch of others she does. <laughs> she does I mean, she's thousands. She does the... The aliens from Toy Story. Oh, just know. it's a it's a it's a limitless yeah. list. Um, but uh, she explained to us how she did her voices, and I want to play this for you because this shows you exactly how talented this lady is. I'll play it for you right now. Um, interesting question. I I actually wrote a book called Voiceover One Hundred and One: How to Succeed as a Voice Actor. That's available on Amazon or through my website, and I um, 
go through how do how do I go about creating characters and I have a lot of tricks. I, I there's five things that I generally do. The picture is awfully important because um, when they send you an audition for a fresh cartoon, for a new cartoon that you do the voice first and then they animate, as opposed to say an anime that comes for, uh, it's a dubbing job where it's already come out like say in Japan or something like a like a Dragon Ball Z or a, you know a speed racer those kind of things that you dub after they're here. But for, you know, Western cartoons that are done like this, they send you a picture, mm. they send you a character description, they send you that same picture in different emotions, and then it's your job as a voice actor, um, keyword actor, not just someone who can make funny voices, mm-hmm. um, it's your job to come up with that character, and I... Um, use uh channeling which is like maybe you know somebody that it looks like or maybe you know your your grandma uh looks like that old lady and maybe it sounds like her (laughs) or maybe so channeling is one thing placement i have um different places in your sinuses you know whether it's up here or it's in your nose or maybe it's in your chest or maybe it comes from down here so placement is another way of creating that character and then you can layer it with accents like say that old lady say she uh, wasn't from new york say uh say she was from Jersey. okay so same placement different accent totally different lady <laughs> and so or say that um speech impediments are another one like say you got this little girl and um maybe she's from the south okay there she is but maybe the picture has braces on it Oh. So you add the braces on top of that yet. That is unbelievable. So, that is, it, it is. I mean, and, and she just created that in the, what the, there, there must have been 20 voices she created yeah. in the 20 <laughs> minutes that we talked to her, the 30 minutes. That interview is available on. Manushman Celebrity Interview. interview. Yes. Um, we actually have a great interview coming up. You yes. Want to talk about no, we we teased it at the end of the show. Okay. Well, you want to tease it now? No, yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Here's the common denominator. Yeah. Bald. Yeah. Blazers. Yep. Football. Okay. And that's the All European right. football. All right. That's good enough. And naked swimming. <laughs> We'll tell you more. We'll tell you more later. Uh, by the way, if you like Minutia Men, uh, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Pick out your favorite new show at opishows.com. Remember, opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We still have more show coming here. We still have lots of stuff. Give us a one-sentence description of your next story. Uh, dental mishap. I guess that's two words. All right, that's it's hard fine. for me to do one word. Oh, you could do a one sentence. Okay, dental mishap. Uh, mine is Ben Zobrist's divorce saga, which is uh, something. We've got a, a celebrity story. Uh, we, we'll tease more, our celebrity guest. All that is coming up after this. On the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's part two of our very special program with Sam Fiorani of Auto Forecast Solutions as we continue our talk about everything automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for part two of this very special episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. 
All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opai show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back. You know, every once in a while, I come across a story that I just can't even follow. You know, and it's, <laughs> it, it, you know, and it's, it, I just can't get my head around. Okay. okay. And this is one of the, this gem comes out of Nevada. Woman breaks into dentist's office and pulls 13 teeth from a patient. <laughs> okay. Deputies allege that Laurel Eich, E-I-C-H, is that German? Eich. 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 Uh, who is not a dentist, broke into a dental office where she claimed she had formerly worked um, on two separate occasions. Okay. Okay. Eich. Allegedly stole twenty two thousand eight hundred and sixty one dollars in cash and checks during the May third breakthrough or break in. Okay. okay, that's what the wow. Woman, they got a lot of money lying yeah, around. Kidding. Uh, Washoe County Sheriff's Office said in a press release, she is also charged with illegally entering the same dentist's office and extracting thirteen teeth from a semi-conscious anesthetized patient. On a different date than the original break in. Oh my God. She admitted to using anesthetic that was d- d- disposed of by the office, but has denied using the dentist's current supply of gas to perform the extraction. Because that would be stealing. <laughs> right. So, this is my question. Did she, d- did they throw away some <laughs> anesthesia in the dumpster and she. Picked it up like three weeks earlier and go, you know what? I could use this. It's well, weird. you think that's the weirdest part of this story? <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing well, breaking into an office to, to take teeth out? Well, I'm focusing on the fact that they have anesthesia right there. <laughs> well, I mean, why are you not just Why is the, she taking the teeth out? Yeah, that's yeah whatever. <laughs> but logistically, this is not working for me. All right. You know, I guess if you think about it, the, the stealing of the teeth, I mean, the, you're going to make a fortune with the tooth fairy. <laughs> right, exactly. If you it's five, like say it's five dollars a tooth. Yeah, that's eighty-five bucks. Yeah, right. That's um, real money. And then you, you're living in Nevada. You put that on a twenty-two red. Well, you're if you're living in Nevada, maybe she's using the teeth for herself. <laughs> <laughs> the black market. So um, investigators did not say how they determined that Ike to be the person of interest in the case, but they said that she admitted to multiple people, including deputies, that 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 was her. Okay. Here's another question I want to ask. Um, What are the safety protocols at this dental office? (laughs) Not particularly robust, right? Yeah, apparently. Uh, You know, uh, and this reminds me of a similar story. Yeah. Okay. Now, not that I have ever extracted teeth from a sleeping patient in a dental Right. But hopefully. You remember 10 years ago, I got laid off from international paper. Sure. Right. Okay. That was 10 years ago already? Yeah. Wow. Now, the job wasn't great, and the pay was, you know, okay, the benefits were, you know, but in, but in the lounge, in the, uh, in the employee lounge, yeah. they had the best coffee. Oh, I, really? I, I don't know what it was. I mean, I've worked in offices before, and the industrial coffee isn't that great, yeah. you know, 
this coffee was spectacular. And they had like the little bottles of hazelnut cream and yeah, stuff wow. next to it. And they also had a vending, and they had great vending machines. Bugles. I'm a big bugle fan. <laughs> yeah, wow. They had like that's a high end vending machine. It's got bugles. <laughs> well, they had, and it wasn't just bugles. They had the sour cream and onion bugles. They had wow. the, you know the salt and vinegar bugles. It was just wow. No wonder you were so great. upset when they right. fired so, you. I wasn't upset if you remember the call that <laughs> I gave you. Uh, so I get laid off on a Friday. Yeah. And then on Monday, I'm driving the kids to work. Or to, to, not to work, obviously, to, to school. Yes. And I'm driving back, and I pass by the office. Yeah. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I really need that cup of coffee, right? So I think to myself, why yeah. don't I just go get one? Right. What are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. So I drive in, and I you know, put in my security code, which was, and I'm not kidding you, 1111. <laughs> okay, that was the company's <laughs> security code. I walk into the lounge. I get myself a nice cup of coffee, and I walk out. And no one said a word. No one said a word. Wow. I did that for three weeks. Okay. And then I used to, I used to bring in big vats, uh, like a big cups, you know. To, and I've never heard this story yeah. before. And no one, I mean, and I would even see people. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Yeah. Like, they, like maybe they didn't know. Didn't know like I was, the George Costanza, just keep showing up for work. Right. No one will say a thing. So I kind of have a connection with this lady who goes into a, her office where she used to work. Yeah, but uh, the she, whole taking of the teeth. Yeah, right, I, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that doesn't disturb you more. This uh, you, you didn't even mention it. That wasn't even part of no, your shtick. It's the anesthesia. I don't <laughs> understand why she used that. But so I was on like the third week at Expedex when I did this. Yeah. After um, I drive out and then the president or the vice president of sales comes in, yeah. looks at me, and then the next day, the security, 111 did not work. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I did not try 2222. <laughs> that bastard stealing our coffee. But she was sticking it to the man, and I was sticking it to the man. I Maybe guess. I'll be it in a different way. Okay. I can't believe the teeth thing didn't freak out, but all right, I got a story for you. <clears throat> this is about former cub Ben Zobrist right now. If you've been following this story, and if you're in Chicago, you're probably not following this story, but this is one of the weirdest stories ever. He's in the midst of a divorce. I'm going to read to you from USA Today. The wife of Ben Zobras filed court documents claiming the former Cubs player failed to preserve marital assets when he took a leave of absence in 2019. Juliana Zobris claimed in court documents obtained by the Tribune that Ben Zobris essentially went from the top of his game to basically giving up, which caused a massive loss of income that he intentionally and voluntarily stopped working. She's asking for an additional $4 million in the divorce settlement. Now, what they don't tell you here is the backstory. <laughs> and this is the backstory. Ben Zobris was the be second baseman for yeah. the Cubs. Uh, very he, religious too, wasn't he? Very. He was. Yeah. He found out that his wife had cheated on him with a priest with, or the, with the pastor yeah, yeah, yeah. of their church, who happened to also be his business partner of his charity. Right. So he took off time from the Cubs to work on his marriage. Uh -huh. Now she didn't tell him who she cheated with. the The pastor was their marriage counselor. <laughs> that he was going to all right so already this is yeah. this is the story what's going on here now after the fact she is asking for that money that he did not earn while he was working on their marriage saving the marriage because yeah. she said that he was a deadbeat because he should have been out working <laughs> that is unbelievable now, she has sued for divorce. That's the whole story here. 
But that's not that's not the whole thing either. Uh, she, according to the filings, spent three hundred thousand dollars a year buying clothing while she was married to him. Wow, three hundred grand, twenty five grand a month. And here's the worst of it: she made him play her version of the song "Benny and the Jets" every time he came yeah, up to bat because she's a singer or something. She's, right? she's a a singer. Yeah. You know, he obviously was financing her whole career. But she was a singer, and it was the worst version of Benny and the Jets. In fact, when he quit, I was like, oh, good. They're getting divorced, so he stopped playing that damn song, which was horrible. That, to me, is the unforgivable sin of this story. That's the the teeth, as far as I'm concerned, in this story. Yeah, so I don't like using a certain word that starts with a C. Yeah. And I'm not going to use it. Okay. I'm thinking it. Uh, but yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, he's going through this mental anguish of his wife cheating with his business partner and the pastor. Right. And marriage counselor. Yeah. And t- and apparently $6 million disappeared too. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. F- from the pastor who oh, was his good. business partner. And is, is, isn't the pastor got some charges against him or something? Yeah, there's something. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on with that. But this is one of the, you know, the. It turns out that Ben is not the only big leaguer in the family because she has some big league cojones <laughs> yeah. to, to sue for that. Yeah. That's unfriggin' believable. All right, it's time for another segment in our show. We call this one a Celebrity Potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So I got this uh, direct message from Dan G. Uh, loved your interview with producer engineer Bill Schnee, which mm-hmm. we did uh, last week. Actually, it's out it's there up, now it's yeah, there. if you want to check it out. Uh, great stories. Have you ever met any other famous record producers or engineers? Uh, yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my buddy Mike and I went to meet uh, Jeff Emmerich, who was the uh, engineer on many of the Beatles records he did like uh, uh, the White Album and you know I, I forget some of the other was, ones was he speaking at like a he was at Beatles center? Fest he yeah. was at Beatles Fest I, can I, which, can I, which cost like 80 bucks to get in or something more than that even I think can I ask you a question yeah were people like dressed up like Sergeant Pepper. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Describe to me the the crowd at at a Beatles fest. So you know, I'm a huge Beatles fan. You know, I'm a huge Beatles uh-huh. fan. But even I feel a little dirty sometimes. And I look around, I'm like, oh my god, this is why the Beatles are not showing up at these things, right? Because <laughs> it, it's, it's like a Star little... Trek convention, you know. <laughs> so not only did I meet Jeff Emmerich, but I met George Martin. Yeah. Even who I know who he is. The producer of the Beatles. And uh, I got a chance to interview him on the air. Uh-huh. Now, we've told this story previously. I was so nervous that I looked like I was going to pass out. Uh, and John thought it would be funny. John Landecker thought it'd be funny if I interviewed right. George Martin because I was his producer interviewing the producer right. of the Beatles. A lot of layers to that radio. Man. Right. So I choked big time. <clears throat> I mean, I choked. I. Uh-huh did a terrible job on the interview and he had to come in and rescue me. And, uh, he later on told Vinny, our good friend, Vinny to go back and re edit the tape and make it sound even worse. <laughs> and so they had this tape and, and this, we played this probably 
80 times. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say a dozen times. But yes, I'll play it for you one more time. This is John's version of my interview of George Martin. Here we go. It's Oldies 104.3 WJMK talking live from England with the famous Beatle producer George Martin. Beatles, the largest selling group in the world uh, this past year with all the anthology material art. Rick, you, uh, you are now going to talk with uh, Sir George uh, Martin, the Beatle producer, which I have a question or two. Hello. Say again? Uh, was Birthday ever released as a single? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm not authoritarian on on Beatle law. Did you do take? <laughs> if there's one question, which one? The if of all three anthologies, do you have an f- absolute favourite section? Oh, I see. Oh, it has to be in 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 the in the section. Well, it's really Pepper. I mean, Pepper was my. My real favorite, and my my, you know, I love that. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad, <clears throat> but you can even hear the questions are kind of stupid. I mean, I asked every Beatle fan I knew to give me questions, and then I I pared them down. I spent weeks working on this, and then the the, the questions I chose were like. Was birthday ever a single? Who cares if birthday was a single? What's your favorite anthology? You're talking to the Beatles producer. That's the best you can do? Was Ringo a spring roll guy or an egg roll guy? That would have been more interesting. That would have been much more interesting. I just, I don't know. I just read an article or something. Maybe I think it may have been with you. We were talking about Chris Farley and the Paul McCartney yeah. interview. Yeah, yeah. Right? And Conan wrote that bit, right? Or- yeah, yeah. That bit was that uh, uh, they were inspired to write that bit or to make up that whole Chris Farley interview show. He did that on several mm-hmm. occasions where he would just tell people how awesome they were. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but the Paul McCartney you- one is yeah. the best one ever. It is. It is fantastic. Go and look it, look it up online. But it was inspired by watching the real Chris Farley. Backstage every week, that a new celebrity would come in and be like, "Oh my god, I'm such a fan! This is so cool. I can't believe I'm in the same room as you." Yeah, and and that was the inspiration for that whole bit, which I thought was great. Do you remember when you were in the Beatles? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, look up that bit because it's worth it. All right, here's another thing to look up. This coming week, uh, we have a uh, great guest on Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Yeah, he. Um now, I'm not a big soccer fan, but yeah. you guys call it football. Right? Football, soccer, yeah. Um, actually, that's not even true. I got into the European, what do they call it? Cup, the, yeah. <laughs> <whatever>. Huge fan. <laughs> I used to play a lot of video, yeah. the FIFA video on, uh, on FIFA. It's FIFA. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, pop, pop, uh, Pardo Marhetic. Yeah. We, it's Roger Bennett is the guest from Men in Blazers. Now, we don't talk about soccer much in this interview. It's mostly about his favorite city, which is Chicago, right. believe it or not. Right. He's from Liverpool. He moved. He, um, he first came here when he was 15. Yeah. And then he spent a ton of time in Chicago. Right. Uh, he's, a, he's a number one, a New York Times number one bestseller. Yeah. His book debuted. At number one, yeah. Did any of your books ever debut uh, at no, number one? No, they did not. But we talk about his his life in Chicago, how much you know he loves America because his book is actually called "Reborn in the United St- USA." Right. And he, um, it's just a great interview. Very nice guy. A huge White Sox fan. 
Yeah. And he's bald. Yeah. Right. And he uh, had some instances. Well, he, uh, he he has complicated feelings about Brian Urlacher. As, uh, as well as I do. Well, let's let's right. play let's play that portion of the interview. Here we go. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. I want to introduce you to your American doppelganger, David Stern, who's sitting across from you here. Dave is a follically challenged man, so much so that he wrote a book called The Balding Handbook, The Five Stages of Grieving for Your Hair Loss. That did not debut number one on the New York Times. <laughs> Part of the reason I wrote this book, I mean, I wanted to write about my love of Chicago in particular, but if you're fascinated by bald people, which I'm Obviously, I, I am. I'm, I, I do believe boldness is truth and should be embraced with just joy as part of life and human wonder. God, when I land at Chicago Airport, to see bloody Urlacher taunting bald men, you know, a hero, oh. a, a sporting hero. What a, a fucking prick. The- He's a fucking <laughs> prick, isn't he? What? I mean, I mean, talk about shitting in an incredible... To land, to land in Chicago is like opening an incredible bottle of wine and to have Urlacher take a shit on that aforementioned <laughs> bottle of wine within seconds of me landing it just can you just take down those fucking ear like oh, posters please and, the, and they're every 40 fucking feet yeah if you'd like to hear the entire interview minutia men's celebrity interview is now on uh, spotify it's on google podcasts opishows.com wherever you find podcasts really just search for radio misfits well, Dave, uh, we need to give some thanks. Well, and we also have to tell people that we're going to be taking a couple of weeks off. We're going to yeah. go into summer reruns. We are. For Just for a couple of weeks. Right. And which is going um, to extend over your birthday. It is, yeah. So I got to cancel the interview with Julie Andrews. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I've got a Nazi book to read. Everything right. is fine. Uh, special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasana with opishows.com, who also needs a break. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's probably not upset about this. Yeah. Uh, Opie is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again in three weeks. Three weeks. With a brand new episode of... We'll be recharged, Minutia Man. A recharged Minutia Man. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? And friends and everyone at Opie Shows want you to make sure to wash your hands. And if you're still one of those people who don't wash their hands after they use the bathroom, please do that now. That's something you should have been doing anyway. Cover your mouth when you cough. Come on, people. And with that, we have a special message from actress, comedian, and fan favorite Milana Vindrube. I just want to wish the people of Chicago a safe, warm, peaceful stay at home. Please stay healthy. Please help other people stay healthy by staying home. Stay safe, Chicago. Thanks, Milana. Thank you. Guys, seriously, you can save the world by sitting on your ass at home. You cannot afford to miss this opportunity. You won't get another one. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Stay home. You will be saving the world. What do you get when you hear a celebrity minutia man interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Meyer having a <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you'll get minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High really think about the movie? Only right? one place to find out, and that's Celebrity Minutia Men Interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits.